0: Well, I'm going to make an attempt to continue preaching on what I started last week. I began a sermon uh, last week, and then the Holy Spirit, and I love when He does that, so He is welcome to do the same again today, because He's in control, not me. Uh, I sit, I study, I gather His Word, but I really want the Holy Spirit to speak to you. I want Him to speak. I don't want to speak to you, and if He's going to use my mouth, you know, that's what he does. That's what the word is filled with, with the mouth of human beings, but filled with the Spirit of God. That's what we need. It needs to be filled with the Spirit of God. And if we're speaking his word, then the Spirit of God should be upon it anyway. It's his word. But I really want it to be timely. I want it to be in season. I want it to be for the moment, right? Who, who doesn't want a word like that from the Lord? And uh, his Bible doesn't go stale, right? I mean, we're we're reading and and learning as we trust God about characters who lived thousands of years ago and it's still just as relevant today amen thank you god that you have preserved it and it's timeless and yet at the same exact time uh, as as it being timeless there is a specific word for us uh, really daily god has something for us right who's being changed by god on a daily basis right god's doing something daily and he does something different each day right Thank God. Well, maybe you're doing the same thing for a few days because you didn't get it yesterday. But the Lord is doing something new in us always, and that's just getting the junk out of us, right? He's constantly doing a removal of junk and putting his spirit in us. Amen. So we just thank you, Lord. So I'm just going to begin here and just begin to preach, and Holy Spirit, you have this sermon. This is yours. I just give it to you. But I just want to make a statement again, and, and it's this, that God wants us to have total dependence upon him. Uh, I want to say that that's the, the message for all time. It's a message for all time. It's the message since Adam and Eve. It's really the, a timeless message in that God has always wanted us to have dependence upon him. But if I could say that now was a greater need than before, uh, I would. So I'm going to. I, I don't know if they, the last generation just needed him just as much, I think so, but it, as the times change, I started to say last week, and as the darkness increases, right? Because things are wrapping up. You know, the Lord is already the Lord's beginning to stretch on his throne, right? Thank God. He doesn't, he doesn't get tired. I'm just giving you a metaphor, right? But he's getting ready to rise up, thank you, Lord, and to bring us home into eternity. And we're so thankful for that. In fact, they tell us. Uh, Through the word, the apostles tell us to be looking. Jesus tells us to be looking, to be ready for him. We should be ready. And one of the signs that he is coming is that people start saying, oh, well, it's been 2,000 years. You know, we've heard that message. I thought it was going to be 20 years. thought it was in my lifetime. And now I'm old, and I didn't see it happen, so I've moved on and just want to be a good believer, and I just want to love God. But, you know, I'm not too concerned about his coming. And so... Uh, That's one of the signs of the times, it says, in the Word. People would say, you know, we've heard that. We've heard that. But as we see things change, and things are changing in this nation, aren't they? Things are beginning to change rapidly. Who has seen things change in the last 10 years much more rapid than the rest of my life? And there's some here that are older than me, right? I would say that you would agree. I mean, things were already, already, always increasingly getting darker since time, since we entered this realm we live in through sin, right? Through a human place, right? And 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 that climax to a flood. Come on, it, it reached the point where God said, All that I see is evil in their hearts. And he flooded, and he said, after the flood, I promise I won't do it again. And he's tried to have grace on us and tried to have mercy on us. In fact, the word says that the Lord hasn't forgotten us. He hears our cries. He hears us pleading for him. He has not forgotten us. He wants to have mercy and grace upon us for as long as he can. It says that he has not forgotten us, but that he has waited so long so that we could be saved, so that there would be be more saved, so that more would come into the kingdom. But the Lord is starting to move on uh, uh, some things very quickly. Meanwhile, while well, darkness has, has, has gotten quicker with their, their battle and some things, I feel like the Lord is really just trying to call his people up, get his people up, wake you up. Get out of your slumber. Get up and start moving for him again and just get back into things of God. Come on, some of us have a great foundation with God. Some of us haven't necessarily had, uh, you know, a real long foundation with the Lord, but that the spark is beginning to grow in your heart That is time. It's time to really walk for him. It's time to be really serious for the Lord. God is victorious instantly already. Finished. Done. God's already victorious. It's already been done. It's already been finished. It was finished when God said it's good. Come on. Amen. It was finished in Genesis when God said it's good. And There are some circumstances in the natural that don't look good to us as human beings that we don't understand. But it was already finished when God said it was good and he rested. He meant it. In fact, and I've talked about this before, so I'm not going to preach on it, but just going to mention it, that when Jesus said it's finished on the cross, right, it is finished, it's complete, right, uh, I'm, I'm coming up, Father, you know, I'm going to, I'm ready to complete this thing. Devil is completed, it's finished, Father. That those two points meet together, really, in Genesis, when the Lord rested, and when Jesus finished the work on the cross, those two points really, because they're outside of time, really joined together. You know, and, and God, outside of time, saw Jesus on the cross. We just It's hard for our minds to get because it was thousands of years later, but it was already done. The devil thought, I'll get them, I'll trick them, I'll get them into sin, they'll lose their place in God. Jesus is already on the cross through, through the Father's eyes, outside of time. Come on. And there's many scriptures. I just, we don't have the time to preach that. But if you are a believer, you know that that's the truth. Okay, so it's already finished. It's already complete. There's already victory. And yet there's a walking out, right? There were those thousands of years until Jesus came. In fact, Jesus said to them, and I'm going to put it in 2019 to paraphrase, why are you so confused right now by me here? You knew. I was coming. In fact, you're the teachers. You're the people that should be not only looking for me, but should be telling everybody he's here. Come on. And it's because of this earthly existence in between the point where God said it's finished and Jesus on the cross. Our minds, they short fuse. Come on. The same exact thing happens, actually. We say yes to Christ, Right? We had an experience with Jesus at the altar. Every single one of us in here, if you are a believer, at some point you broke. You may not have dropped to your knees in the natural, although I think that's a great idea. But in your heart, you dropped to your knees, the tears flowed, and you wept before the Lord. You gave Him your heart. You gave Him all your strength. You said, my life is yours, and He came into your life. Amazing. Victory. It's finished it's finished. Outside of time, we get joined. Come on. And the Bible tells us that, right? That we're joined instantly with Christ. So when God sees it's good and it's finished, he saw you. Come on, guys. This is like, I know this doesn't make sense in our human mind, but in the spirit, he saw us already finished, already done, seated with Christ for eternity. What an amazing victory. And yet, we have to be so careful, say, yet, We have to be so careful because the very same thing that happened to them can happen to us. We're just as human as they were. The very same thing can happen to us. We make that connection with God, and then our brains, they start short-fusing because the very next morning, this very odd thing happens. Your alarm clock goes off, and you go, I have to get up and go to work today. And then someone fights with you at work and then you come home and the kids are screaming and then you have a rough night of sleep and you say what happened etc etc sickness comes trials come tribulations come all these things they start happening and you go wait a second What about the finishing work of Christ? What about it is good? What about it's finished? It's done. It's complete. I'm seated with Christ. I've preached it before. Again, just a quick blip. I can't preach it now for time, but you need to look through the eyes of God. From the moment you say yes to Christ, you need to actually start seeing your life through His eyes. If you look through your eyes, it'll look like nothing's changed in the natural Come on. We need to look through spiritual eyes. Come on, we need to to start to think differently. (laughs) We need to look at your world differently. You need to know two things are happening instantaneously. Number one, as soon as you commit to Christ, the Holy Spirit goes to work on you. How does he go to work on you? Well, when you go to work... Holy Spirit's there at work. I mean, we read these Bible stories, and they're amazing, right? Because this one went to fight this giant, right? David's fighting Goliath, and, and these guys are over here, and they're like, Lord, and we need water, we need food, and and uh, and the Lord provides it, and then this one's sick, and they cry out to the Lord, he gives it to them, and we read these stories, and you, it's easy to read them because it's 30 seconds to read the chapter, not realizing that there was a life that was unraveling just Like it is for ours, it was for them. They had to come to a place that the victory stayed with them. They believed God for the victory, but then they had to live out their victory, right? We've read it before, we read of the heartache. The word is hard to read too, isn't it, sometimes, because, and it makes your heart ache, because so many don't continue with the Lord. So many of the Lord does it, and then the Lord asks him, Why? Why won't you stay faithful to me? Haven't I given you enough? And then, and then I gave you my only son, he says. And he says to us, New Testament, if I could give you more, I would give you more. There's nothing else to give you. I gave you my only son. Our minds are the blockade but the Holy Spirit can bypass it. And the Holy Spirit uses the Word of God. I said two things are happening. Number one is that the Holy Spirit's going to work on you. Simultaneously, He's going to work on you, but you need to also know that so is the devil. Because the devil says, hey, that's a soldier, and he was a good soldier for me. They were a good soldier. They were a good witness for my kingdom. And he will fight. Come on, until your last breath. He's going to lose. Come on, everybody say, he's going to lose. Because I'm trusting in Christ. Right? But he's going to try. Come on, he tried with Jesus. Even in the garden, right there. Come on. You know, when Jesus is struggling and fighting, he's not just... I love the depiction, you know, the, uh, the Passion of the Christ where the serpent in the garden. It's not in the Bible, but I love the picture because right up to the very end, the only reason that Jesus is feeling the stress and the anguish is he's going to trust God and he's going to listen. He's praying because his flesh doesn't want to go through it. And who do you think is amplifying that flesh? Come on. Who do you think is making him feel that? And he listened to the Lord. He listened to his Father and he did it for us. Thank you, Jesus. And that's it. It's finished. But those two things are going to be happening. The Holy Spirit's going to be working on you. And that may seem a bit confusing to a believer. Because you go, hey, wait. I thought I was done. It's finished. And yet, all this junk's coming up out of me. See, God... Am I making any sense so far? God is looking from above. He's looking from a finished point of view. He sees you finished. So this is, I'm going to do some reading quick, a little bit of uh, some some scripture, but just to preference it, what's happening is, is he allows, everybody say, he allows allows. the devil devil. to to touch me. Not to kill you, not to take you out, but he allows it. Just like Jesus to be fair, come on, for it to be fair, for Jesus' blood to be equal to our blood on the cross. Come on, we have to to realize what Jesus did. He didn't just purchase something for you. He took your place. All right, he took your place. It should have been you on that cross, should have been me on that cross. In order for his blood to be equal to your blood, it means that he had to be tempted in the way they were tempted. Come on, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, right? Jesus is tempted by the devil, right, in the wilderness. The very first thing, if the Holy Spirit anoints him, okay, we're going to start the ministry now, the ministry is going to begin, he went into temptation. And what was the purpose? Jesus had no issue beating the devil there, right? But if it's a temptation, it's a temptation, I got to believe his word. It wasn't easy for Jesus to say no, and you say, well, that's heresy, he's Jesus, but then the word temptation is irrelevant. Then why be it? It's not a temptation then. So in order to be a temptation, it has to be a temptation that he overcame, though. But he allows it, why? So that you do not rely on your own strength. So that we don't get confused that we can say yes to Jesus, give your life to Jesus, and then go do your own thing. Don't be confused. You have handed your life over to him. And when you hand your life over to him... He allows the enemy to prick you so that you have no choice and you should be thankful. Say, I'm thankful, I'm thankful. when the devil comes around. comes around. You don't want him to. We don't like him to because he causes all this stuff to come up out of us. I mean, Jesus, is, it says that his, his blood, right, it boiled out of his skin. Man, it came out of his skin like drops of sweat, in anguish and stress. That's what the devil does to you. But it makes you put your feet down upon the ground and say, thy will be done. Come on. That's what happens. That's what he does. So the Lord allows it, but it's not to hurt you. It's to grow you. It's to, it's to make you like him. That's why the Bible says you will tread upon the serpents and the scorpions and the lion. You think you're just going to say, yes, Jesus, and uh, thanks for the happy meal. Thanks for the drive-thru. Thanks for the ticket. And I'm going to go back to, as I mentioned, my Netflix last week. And go back to my normal radio station, just listen to secular radio, and just watch whatever I feel like, and read whatever I feel like, and just hang out with the world, but then I'm going to tread upon serpents and scorpions. Devil, you can't touch me. Devil's like, who are you talking to? You living like me means that I'm your God. You call God your God, I don't see that. And you go, wait a second, that's works. That's not works. You have to judge a tree by its fruit. If you're fruit, you can call yourself an apple tree all you want. Did you know there's a fruit called a pear apple? I just had one this week for the very first time. It was the juiciest fruit. I don't know the history. I don't know where it came from. I don't know if man made it, mixed them together. It was amazing. Tangent. But you can call yourself an apple tree, but if you produce pears, the devil is going to come to you, and so is God, and say, I see what you call in yourself, but your fruit doesn't match what you say you are. Amen. Anybody getting anything out of this? So there's a story, and I love this. In Deuteronomy 7, I'm just going to do a little bit of reading. I want to I preach a little bit. I'm going to read a little bit. Hopefully preach a little bit. We'll see what the Lord does here. But in Deuteronomy 7, he's prepping them. Come on, he's prepping you know, if you know the story, for the promised land. He's prepping them for the promise. God's done many, many mighty things in their lives. Say, so he's done many mighty things in our lives. And he has. Amen. So he's prepping them and he says, listen, Deuteronomy chapter 7. That's in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 7, verse 9. It says, understand, therefore, that the Lord your God is indeed God. Come on, we need to understand first, God is God. You have to know God is God. Plain and simple. This is like the foundation of every single sermon. This is the foundation to you coming to Christ. He's God. You need to understand that. Amen. He is the faithful God who keeps His covenant. Everybody say, He He keeps His covenant. Okay, God is not a God of breaking His covenant. He keeps His covenant. God is a God of unfailing love. It says, For a thousand generations and lavishes His unfailing love on those who love Him and obey His commands. Who does God keep His covenant with? He keeps His covenant to a thousand generations with those who love Him And obey his commands. Do you know that the Bible, from cover to cover, is one story? Did you know that Jesus is a fulfillment? We call it the new covenant, but it should just be called covenant 2.0. Because it's a build upon the first. Jesus fulfills the covenant. He doesn't go, squash, I'm going to just get cancel and get rid of it. I'm going to fulfill it so that it's not irrelevant to you Jews. On the fulfillment, now to you Gentiles, you don't know a lot about our history. You can pick up right here and begin, but it doesn't nullify it. It fulfills it. That's why Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish, but to fulfill. He didn't come to abolish, but to fulfill. I think some of the New Testament church needs to read that verse more often. Do you know this exact same call all the way back in Deuteronomy 7 is the same exact thing that we read about in John? Over and over and over again. Love me and obey me. And then if you didn't get it in John, you got 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John just to be reminded of what it means to be a believer. What it means to be a Christian is to love Him and obey His commandments. And if you love Him, and if you obey Him, it says that His covenant will never be broken. Verse 10. But He, everybody say, but He. Who's the He? The same exact God who made a covenant with us. He does not hesitate. To punish and destroy those who reject him. Who is God talking to right now when he makes this covenant with them? His people. If you could take Deuteronomy 7 and make it at 2019, he's talking to the church. He's not talking to the world. He's talking to his people. And you know what he says to his people? He says, you love me, you obey me. I will take care of you. I, I, I'm getting ahead of it because he actually just tells us. I don't, to, I don't need to guess what he says. It's exactly what he says. He says, He says. verse 11, Therefore, you must obey all these commands, decrees, and regulations. Now, here's where it becomes 2.0. The decrees, the commands, and the regulations go into Jesus. Jesus does not give us an excuse to now suddenly hate our brother. Because that would fall into the command category. That still exists. But Jesus fulfills the regulation category. Everybody say, Jesus fulfilled the regulations. This was, okay, men and women, you can be happy. Because women, you don't have to leave your home. This we had to do once a month. For a week, bye-bye, and dad's got to take care of the kids. Mom's off for a week, once a month. Oh, and don't wear linen and cotton together, or you're going to be struck down and go to hell, or whatever it was at that time, some sort of Hades, Abraham's bosom, but you were breaking regulation. That's the regulation that when Paul says he freed us from the law. He did not free you because he tells us over and over again, so does Peter, and so does James, and so does uh, John about... Still loving God and loving each other. It didn't get abolished. Jesus fulfilled the Sabbath. Okay, now we can come to him and not to a place. Jesus fulfills the regulations of being religious and righteous and holy on the outside and does something internally, but the commands don't go away. You think you don't have to follow the Ten Commandments suddenly because Jesus died on the cross? This is heresy. And to be honest, the reason we have seen so little power in this time, and I don't crave for power, but we should have it. I could care less about the power. I care about Christ. But if you care about Christ, then his power should be coming through you by being a Christian. It's like, I don't want my kids to love me because I give them Christmas presents, but they should know, hey, my parents love me, and on Christmas I get presents. I want them to be thankful and happy for that, but that's not why they love us, okay? So w- there's so much more to our lives that we're not seeking but should be coming, and the reason it's not is because we're not really doing what he's asked us to do. We pick and we choose, and we, we, we just say, well, you know, I'm just having a bad day. And the Lord's love is faithful. The uh, Lord doesn't stop loving you. Come on. He loves you and loves you and loves you and loves you and loves you. He loves you before you even sinned. How is that even possible? Listen, if, if Jesus can die for child molesters, I don't know what love is. I don't, I don't even understand love. It's so big. It's just beyond. If he can die for murderers, son of Sam, just talking about him last Sunday, he's a Christian, found Christ, and, and, and murdered, what, six, am I right, six women? Something like that. And then finds Christ, I mean, I don't even understand, I don't, we don't understand love. We don't even understand it, his love for us. He still loves us. His love doesn't change. He was loving him even while he was murdering. His love didn't change. But he was outside of the commands of Christ and outside of, as Christ, Harsh as it is to this world outside of the, not just the temporary blessings that we're thankful for as believers, but the eternal blessing of eternity with him. He would have gone to hell because he was outside of the commands of God, not outside of the love of God. Anybody getting this today? It says, verse 12, If you listen to these regulations and faithfully obey them, okay, so listen to who? To Jesus. Let's just put Jesus in here. Put the Holy Spirit in here. And faithfully obey them. The Lord will keep his covenant of unfailing love with you as he promised with an oath to your ancestors. He will love you and bless you. He will give you many children. He'll give you fertility in your land and your animals. When you arrive in the land, he swore to give your ancestors. Now, wait a second. I just want to make a note. He swore to give a land to his ans- their ancestors. All right, God swore it. And the people he swore it to never saw it. Don't forget that. Come on. Just because God keeps his promise doesn't mean that you will see it. Unless you obey him. Now, God is God. He ha- he's, he's so determined to be faithful and to keep his promise. He's like, you know what? Your parents wouldn't listen to me, but will you? Because if you're willing, I'll fulfill. Remember Saul and remember David. David, I tried with Saul, and he didn't want it. He just did what he wanted to do. But if you will do it, I'll, I will literally... Bless you for a thousand generations, and Jesus came through his seed. He says, you will have large harvests of grain and new wine and olive oil, and you have herds of cattle and sheep and so on, and all these things. In verse 14, you'll be blessed above all the nations of the earth, and none of your uh, women will be childless. And and all these blessings in verse 15, uh, uh, wow, it would have been faster just to read the verse. Verse 15, and the Lord will protect you from all sickness and he will not let you suffer from terrible diseases you knew in Egypt, but he will inflict them on all your enemies. Verse 17, perhaps you will think to yourselves, how can we ever conquer these nations that are so much more powerful than we are? It says, but don't be afraid of them. Just remember, everybody say, remember. Remember. We need to remember the Lord today. We need to remember that he's God. We need to remember what he said. We need to remember what he's done today. We need to remember. Come on, we have the word of God. It's not a history book. Everybody say, it's not history. It's his story. Come on, amen. It's his story, and he gave it to us and preserved us so that when we read it, we put ourselves into that story, and we say, yes, Lord, don't let me fall into their trappings. Deliver me just as you delivered them. And and those that fell, Lord God, I'm going to learn from their story and not do what they did. I'm not going to judge them and hate We wonder, like, David, what's the deal, man? What are you doing on that rooftop? Right? We read it and we're like, what's the deal, man? Oh, Lord God, thank you, though, that you have warned us. And then his son, Solomon, right? Solomon learns that lesson. (laughs) My gosh. Writes it over and over and over and over and over and over again. I think he learned with a thousand women that uh, a virtuous wife is a good thing. Come on. (laughs) No, I'm not, I wasn't saying anymore, I was waiting for the men and women to say the amens. Listen, the point is, we read it, and we say, wow, Lord, right? We just, if you've been doing the Bible reading with us, we just went through Ecclesiastes. That's not a book of God speaking, just in case you're confused. It's in the Word, but it's a man who had come to the end. I mean, it's in our Word, because it's God, he allowed him to write it, inspired it, but he inspired it out of his sin, he had hit a point of like, listen, guys, I mean, God is not telling you, eat, drink, and be happy. That's not the word of God. That was Solomon's words when you, there's nothing, when you just have no concepts. You've walked so far from God, and you've tried everything, and all you can come to is, you know what? There's just really no point to anything. And we read that and say, Lord, don't let us get to that place I want to... If I had listened to your word, it says don't marry the foreign women, and that's what happens, and it drew him away into all these things. But if he had listened, he wouldn't have gone to that place. He says, remember what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and all to the land of Egypt. Remember the great terrors that the Lord your God sent against them. You saw with your own eyes, and remember. How many times is he telling him to remember here? We need to remember God. When you are in a situation, you need to remember God. This is what God says. If you have to remember this verse, (laughs) broad is the way that leads to destruction, then so be it. I'd rather remember the verse, you know, he loved us so much that he gave his only son. Right? Whoever believes everlasting life, right? Well, not perish with everlasting life. But if you have to remember a verse, if that's not doing it for you, then remember broad and wide is the road that leads to destruction. His word, he's preserved it. He gave us both sides. Jesus talks more about hell than about heaven. Do you realize that? Why? Because he wants to talk about hell? No. You think a parent wants to be yelling at their kids all the time? I swear, like, I feel like kids think that's funny. Like that mom and dad just like to yell. We don't do it because that's what we want to talk about. We want to talk about your day. But we're yelling at you because you don't listen. So when God tells us over and over and over again to remember, 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 I'm paying attention. Yes, Lord. Yes, forgive me, Lord, that I forgot you already. For we don't remember him when we're about to sin, but we also, on the other side, because time's starting to tick, we need to remember him Him, when we go into a good time, too. We, need to, we can't just call out to him because we're in trouble. It's not that he won't come through for you, but in your timeline, and your clock, it might seem like it takes a little while when you do that. Who has found God's answers a little bit quicker when you've been more consistent? It's not that he doesn't love you, and it's not that he won't answer your prayer. But if you got yourself into a hole, the Lord's like, I'm working on it. I'm, wor- I'm going to get you out. But you got yourself into a hole. And I'm going to do it. But we've got to deal with some things in you and in the situation and so on. If you were consistent and remembered day by day, you wouldn't have been in that hole. And then you'd just be like, Lord, I just want to remember today how good you are and how great you are. And I love that I'm still in your love and in your mercy, no matter where I'm at, but I love that I'm also listening to your commands, and they're keeping me hedged in and protecting me. He goes on and says, I want you to remember what I did, and he says, you saw it with your own eyes, and remember the miraculous signs and the wonders, verse 19, and... Remember all the things I did in Egypt, and the Lord your God will use this same power against all the people you fear. And so the Lord's got a, a just, if I can just kind of commercial to a few things. I know the Lord's been saying many things, but on the same theme, but just for a little commercial break here, is that the Lord is for you, each one of you in here. And maybe you've been trying, and you've been in that place, and you're like, okay, Lord, I want to listen to you, and I want to follow you. And it seems like God's not really doing what you're asking. You need to know this that the Lord your God will use the same power. Come on. He's done it before. Remember, all you need to get into that place of remembrance. You got to that, you said, okay, Lord, I'm just settled. I just settle it all. I'll just settle it with you, okay, Lord. And right now, I just want to remember all the times that you've been faithful to me and all the times that you've done, Lord, miraculous things in my life. And and I'm going to get into that place right now, and I just remember it, and I thank you, Lord, because it says that he's going to use the same exact power against their new enemies. And then the Lord your God will send terror to drive out the few survivors, and it says, do not be afraid of these nations. And really what it was is they were about to go into nations. It's the unknown the Lord's telling them, listen, listen, you need to remember me now. You need to know me now. You need to get to know me now. Everybody say get to know him now. And this is kind of like I, the Lord, Holy Spirit had a lot of things to say today, but this is where I'm on a climax too, which is this. We're going into new territory. Uh, we are going to go into the darkest times you could possibly imagine. We are, we're on the cusp of a brand new earth. Come on, guys. This is... I, <laughs> I, sometimes I'm just like, this is insane. Is anybody like me? Just total insanity. What is becoming normal out there. And that's what they were about to do. And the Lord, you know, they, he commands them for their sake, no matter what their situation is. Come on, that's what I need to get. We need to just love him right here, right now, just because he is who he is and he loves us and he's got the best plan for us, period. Period. If you don't want that, then for the sake of where we're going that's so why all I prefaced all that, because that's the most important. We just daily life. But where we're headed, they were heading into an unknown place. Remember, as I just mentioned, the parents, they all died. Why? Why'd they die? God let them die. Why? Because they doubted because they were afraid what they saw was like this is all right lord we saw what you did in egypt and you provided and you gave us manna and you gave us water but this this is insane what we're looking at and there's no way we can make it and so he he warns them really we can hear the warning don't be afraid when he says of those nations we need to trust god we need to trust him we need to know that the Lord our God is among us, and He is a great and awesome God. We need to put that in front of our mind every single moment of every single day, because I don't know what's going to happen, but other nations have faced persecution. I don't know. Are we going to face it in the, in, the, in the natural, in the body, or, or just the mental abuse that we're already facing as Christians? I don't know. But I do know this, that we're going to need to know this. We're going to need to know and, and the, the fear and the worry and the doubt over, like, a mortgage is going to get really small when it's fear and doubt and worry, like, can we even exist in this nation as Christians anymore? But if we don't get this now, we'll never make it then. So we need to trust Him right now with all the menial, all the little, all the silly things. I, I feel like the Lord, I'm like, Lord, why have you been testing me so hard with just trusting you and just going through each day, and and really just trying my heart and and angers and jealousies and envies and 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 doubt and worry and fear, uh, and coming out of my heart. I mean, I'm dealing with the Lord quickly, but I mean, like He keep like I'm have you know as I explained last week. I don't want to re-preach re-preach last sermon, but I had an issue with this person in my heart. I began to not like this person in a great way. <laughs> I'll leave it at that, and I had to deal with it. The Lord's like you can't have that in your heart. Why? Because if that's there now and and things begin to increase and life goes on, come on, the word is clear what it becomes, right? Hatred becomes murder. No matter how much you swear you would never do that, hatred becomes murder. It's what Jesus says, the same thing. If you're hating now, then you're a murderer. And so the Lord has been dealing with us. If he's been dealing with you, that's normal. Okay, if you've been in a place where he's been dealing with you, that's normal. He's been dealing with you for your sake, to grow you, to strengthen you. And and honestly, if we never face anything greater, you want him to do that because you don't want that junk in you. It's just bogging you down. But to be honest, if we never see it, so be it. But to be honest, we really need him to do it. I've been thankful. I've been thanking the Lord, just like David would do. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your, for your rebukes. Thank you, Lord, he would say, for your punishment. I love it. In fact, David, in the wording you can almost read, I crave it. I crave for you to deal with me, your discipline. It's good. Why? Because it gets the junk out of you, and then it leaves a place that is, can be filled by the Spirit of God. Just for sake of time, he goes into Deuteronomy 8, and he continues the same thing. I mean, you can find this theme, really. When you read the Word, you can honestly open any chapter of pretty much any book, and it's the same theme. I'm God, you're man, just trust me. Well, you just trust me? I'll take care of you if you do. But anyway, Deuteronomy 8, he continues, and he's like, listen, you, just, you need to trust me. You need to listen to me. And I love this verse because it says in verse 2, Of uh, chapter 8, remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you. Come on, this is where we started. This is where we're going into with Jesus and and what's happening. This is the Holy Spirit coming to work on you and the devil coming at you. He allows it. What's it says? It says, the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to what? What does to prove your character mean? To grow, to prove—it's not—it's not—he's not just saying, Let's just well, I'm going to see how you handle this situation. Are you going to trust me or not?" No, it's like, "I'm I'm for you. I know you can do this. Come on, trust me." Some of them don't anyway, but he was for them. His blessing was upon them, and it says, "He did it to prove their character, to find out whether or not you would obey." His commandments. Why? Why? It says, yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry. He humbled you by letting you go hungry. Wait a second. God lets me go hungry? Yes. And then feeding you with manna. If you feel like you've been driven to a place recently where you are like, maybe you've even hit your brink. Your breaking point. I don't know. The Lord has allowed it to strengthen you. And then he gives you something that you could not produce on your own. Something begins, a character trait comes out of you. Your heart changes. A love grows in you. I mean, you look at people, you look at things in a way that you never could. It's not because you sucked it up and and starved yourself. You had no choice. The Lord allowed it to push you to a place where literally you have no choice but to depend upon God. It says a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you. Come on, what you've been going through was to teach you to be totally, completely dependent upon God. To teach you. And isn't this, this interesting? Deuteronomy 8, and this is the exact opposite phrase that jesus responds to satan with you see the full circle do you see how the whole word how it all how jesus is fulfilling but then he's also uh calling us to walk out come on we follow in his footsteps we have to walk out what he walked now you don't save the world you can't get on the cross and save yourself that part is only jesus but the part about walking through this existence and getting to the end, faithful to the end, with the Holy Spirit there to help you, is the Word. And so he allows situations to come around you. Come on, we can find the same thing in Peter, right? Don't find, it's not strange what's happening to you. It's not strange. God's doing it on purpose. He's allowing it. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every Word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Again, as always, there's so much to say, and I'm going to cut off, but we just, we just thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that your word is good. It's your faithful. Lord, you told them to remember what you did. You told them to remember who you are. You told them to remember your promises, and you told them a real special remember warning. Don't forget when things change, when the situations change, for better or for worse, to look back and to remember, Lord, we look at your word. When the situation changes, we don't look at the situation. We remember what you promised in your word. Lord, when the culture changes and they change the laws and We could do whatever we want, and we're under the law. We're law-abiding citizens, but your word has commanded us of what right and wrong is and what a man and a woman is. Lord, we're going to have to believe your word, even contrary to the law of the nation. We're going to have to trust you and believe in you and rely on you, Lord. And it's going to seem like manna. Thank you, Lord God. It comes out of nowhere, a sustenance, a change in us, Lord, a strength in us. It is not us. You've been teaching us in this hour. Lord, you have purposely humbled us. You've purposely removed our strength. You drove us to the place, Lord God, on purpose where we just can't do it. We've had our hands up, Lord, I can't do it. I give up on purpose so that, Lord, you could get, Lord, a supernatural sustenance into us that is not of us, and, Lord, like they said in Judges, Lord, like you warned him so that it would never be said that I did this, that this is me, that this is my strength, but I'm following the Lord. It's the Lord. It's it's me staying close to him like he commanded me, but his side of the covenant that he'll be faithful to me till the very end and even generations upon generations. Lord, we thank you, and we give you glory, and we give you praise, and we ask you, Lord, to do that in us, in this church, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen.